blue ocean strategy, how to move away from red oceans into untapped markets, untapped potential, and in turn, untapped profit. This is basically the Blue Ocean Strategy book. This is an absolutely brilliant book, and I'm going to share with you some lessons I derived from it, and hopefully this will not only help you in your business, but in all aspects of life. You know, these, the interesting thing about these concepts, um, these universal concepts, is they're basically archetypal, meaning they, they don't just apply in one realm. They don't just work in a vacuum. They are underlying principles in life, in, you know, basically innovation. That's really what um, this book is about. And it's, it's by uh, W. Chan Kim and Renee Marborn. And it's how to create uncontested market space and make competition irrelevant. So that's kind of one of the frameworks, you know, going in is you don't want to think of uh, you think of competition as just trying to beat the competitors. Rather, you just want to make them obsolete. That's what so many great companies did making the other things completely obsolete to begin with. You know, that's, that's basically what phones did throughout evolution. You know, like flip phones now are basically obsolete because of smartphones. And it's, it's the same with digital cameras. They kind of made these film cameras. Now people collect them because they're vintage, but they don't have any practical use for, you know, the innovative technology to produce the best possible quality product. So digital cameras basically did this and displaced um, you know, film cameras. And we'll talk about kind of the three um, market creation theories uh, just after we kind of cover these frameworks. So you want to think of industry conditions as malleable, meaning these kind of uh, made up rules, or maybe they may not seem made up to you. But what you want to do is look at them objectively and go, okay, let me just step out of my industry for a second and pretend that I am a, you know, objective viewer and go, okay, you know, what are these industry conditions? You know, what are these kind of quote unquote rules that are made up? And, you know, rules are meant to be broken, truly. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger says that. And uh, you basically want to think of them as malleable, meaning you don't want to operate inside that kind of jail of the uh, the industry conditions. You want to break away from that. And again, the another thing is, that you should not try to beat the competitors. People get way too caught up in that. That's kind of like the rat race, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses. Rather, just make them obsolete. So just stand out completely from the crowd and go, okay, you you guys can play around over there. I'm going to do my own thing here. And invoke a new demand. So you want to figure out a way, a different angle to invoke a new demand. You know, potentially pointing out an issue, maybe bringing up a new potential or eliminating a pain point. All these things basically invoke a new demand for for your product or service. And you want to be clearly set apart, as we said in that, uh, just making them obsolete. And this is basically the purple cow approach. You know, Seth Godin has a great book on this called The Purple Cow. And this is how to market yourself. And uh, the kind of idea behind that book is, you know, if you're driving by a countryside, and you just see all these cows and all these, like, let's just say, uh, black and white cows, you know, black and white, black and white spotted cows. And then you see purple cow. Well, that thing stands out. That's what you want your product or service to be. You want to stand out completely from the crowd. So if you just do a little bit of research, and now it's so much easier. And I don't want to go too in depth. I could do a huge rant on this. But, I mean, the fact that people are so so selfish, so kind of caught up in these uh, creature comforts that we have. You know, study the best businessmen of all time. Sam Walton. 
he created the larger. I mean, he's worth way more than um, he he split his wealth up among his family in different trusts. That's why he may not seem as wealthy as Jeff Bezos, way wealthier than Bezos. Walmart made way more money than him, and. He did this by being the most humble person he could be in business. It's fascinating. You have to read his book, Made in America. It is a brilliant, brilliant book. It's literally the book he wrote on his deathbed. So you're absorbing lessons from a multi-billionaire, literally the rich person in the modern day. And although he's passed away, obviously, but I, in recent context before, like, or I guess after like the, the um, industrial revolution with like Carnegie, Rockefeller, all those guys. But he actually ethically made a great business. And whether or not you agree with Walmart's politics or ethics today, what's important is applying his framework. And the reason Sam Walton was so humble, his wife said about him, you know, Sam spends more times in our competitor stores than our own. And in those times, it's not like you could just search them up on the internet and look, look, at their, look at their website, look at their store, look at exactly what their products were. No, he had a personal plan and he would fly around to different stores. And before he could afford a plane, you know, even his kids said this in the autobiography that, that they would get annoyed because on the, on the way to wherever they, like if they're doing a road trip from, uh, from point A to point B, along the way, he would plot out on the, the map different, um, basically uh, mass retail. Uh, I can't remember the exact word for that. Apologies. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. It's like consumer retailer, bulk retail, which is basically what Walmart, the category, was under. And he would go into the stores, and he would literally have a measuring tape and a voice recorder, like one of those old, really old-fashioned voice recorders. And he'd take notes on each little different thing. And then he would, in the store, he would take those notes. And then when he got back home, he would plot all these. You know, he would, he would have all these. And he would constantly learn from others, even if it's what not to do, as Abraham Lincoln said. And that's why it's so important to set yourself apart and understand that in the modern world, if you don't do that today, you're just lazy. You probably should not be in business. You know, as Charlie Munger says, you know, what's the antithesis, meaning the basically the opposite of um, success? What are the things that you, you know, if you want to be successful, you can use the power of inversion and go, okay, well, let me just avoid these things. This is what Charlie Munger said you should avoid is sloth and unreliability. And, and you, are, you are under sloth. If you do not study your competitors, if you do not know the competitors like the back of your hand. Because one of the best businessmen of all time, Sam Walton, did this when he had to physically travel there. You can literally sit in your pajamas with a cup of coffee at home and study your competitors. I mean, is there anything easier than that? Literally. It's like we've become so soft as a society. It's really sad. And... This basically moves us into humanness. So basically identifying pain points and seeking to eliminate them. So basically you want to understand the fears, insecurities, biases, and purpose, um, you know, people basically bring with them into your industry. So always keep these top of mind. And now we'll move into the basically market creation theories. There's basically three main theories. We can dive into those now. So you have disruptive innovation. This occurs when a new innovation overcomes earlier technology, in turn disrupting an industry. So that's disruptive um, uh, innovation. Then you have non-destructive innovation. Basically, a new model, a new market is created without any change 
to existing ones. And then third, you have angle innovation. That's kind of my wording on it. I can't remember. They don't really have a correct word for it, but just just let me go over these two. So you had disruptive innovation, basically destroying something, creating a new, um, basically disrupting a new energy or industry with a new technology. And then you have non-destructive, which is basically a new market is created without any destruction or anything like that. Um, or any change to existing markets. And then this angle innovation, as I kind of call it, is basically redefining an existing problem, not displacing an industry, just turning it on its head. Very interesting. So kind of a different angle to things. Uh, And a lot of different, um, you know, there's a lot of different great examples of this of companies as well. So basically, you can either create a product that replaces existing ones, identify and solve a, a brand new problem or redefine your approach to an existing one. And this is basically the blue ocean shift fundamentally. So this is moving from a market that is flooded with um, oversaturation and competition, basically a red ocean. And the reason they call it red ocean and blue ocean is red oceans are basically like bloody with competition. You know, that's kind of the, the um, uh, how do you say that? The picture they're painting, there's a better word for that, and I just can't think of it. I should know that. So um, so, so the Red Ocean is just bloody with competition. They're just kind of painting the picture for that, if you will. And then um, to a wide open market full of opportunity, a blue ocean. So shifting from that Red Ocean where everybody's competing to a blue ocean that's wide open, nobody's using. A great example of this is while everybody's doing Facebook ads and kind of spinning their wheels with that, why don't you try Snapchat ads or YouTube ads? Something, especially if you're like a digital um, entrepreneur, yeah, Facebook ads, something that I've mastered with. That's a um, service that I provide clients with. But YouTube ads are fascinating. They're a uh, true blue ocean. And in a way, I guess, partially blue ocean. I would say more say that um, something like Snapchat ads or TikTok ads are a blue ocean. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe. And until next time. Also, pick up Blue Ocean Strategy, and this was uh, these notes were actually more focused on the second in this uh, Blue Ocean Strategy book series, which is, um, I can't remember, I think it's like applying the Blue Ocean or the Blue Ocean Switch, something like that. So again, thank you very much for listening. Peace.